Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, as we record this podcast late on Saturday night. Uh, the game four was a little bit earlier on in the day, but we had some things to do. I had some sweeping up to do around the house, which was actually quite fitting, Frank, because the Bucks <laughs> swept the heat. This series was not close. They've, they've dealt with the first round fodder. That is the Miami Heat. And uh, today's podcast, before we get into it, I want to remind you that the NBA playoffs are here. So don't miss the big storylines and team previews you can find every day on the Locked On NBA podcast. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And Frank, uh, this game wasn't exactly a cakewalk for the Bucks. They had to show a little bit of resiliency. They spent most of the first half down by double digits. And I'll let you jump in and start this wherever you want. But before we do, I've got a question for you. And this might not exactly be easy for you to answer. But if you had to, and I mean had to, put your life on the line and pick a team that you think could go further in an NBA playoff series next year or an NBA season next year, would you be taking the Bam, Jimmy Butler, and Goran Dragic Miami Heat of this year? Or would you be taking the Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, and Reggie Jackson Pistons of 2019. <laughs> because that's about how close this series was when you look at it at the end with the average winning margin. This was destruction. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see just sort of like what the, you know, uh, post-mortem on, on the heat looks like, right? Like what, what, what do they find when they do the autopsy of this season? Because, um, again, I just, I just think back to, to Shams' uh, tweet whatever whenever that was like 10 days yeah. ago or something yeah. just about some sort of jimmy butler versus miami organization something something some sort of smoke uh that shams tweeted around and i got an angry response from uh jimmy <laughs> butler's agent who shockingly uh you know was denying whatever whatever that was but uh yeah i don't, I don't know i mean it really does make you wonder i mean just you know jimmy butler guy that you just think of as being uh, especially after last year in the bubble, but a guy that, you know, is mentally, I don't know, strong, mentally, mentally strong guy, like not a guy that you would expect to just, you know, no show a playoff series, a first round playoff series. And um, the Bucks just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Like got in his head. I, I think, I think when we look back on the series, the putting Giannis on Jimmy, you know, the thing that noticeably they, they didn't do last year, I think was, was really like tactically, you know, one of the most important things that, that, you know, like if you, we talk about sort of the chess match, I mean, that to me, that might be the most important thing that, that Bud did the, you know, kind of adjustment. I think, you know, Brooke treating Bam out of bio, like uh, 2019 Andre Drummond, I think uh, to get back to your reference, um, I think was, 
pretty, pretty standard, right? I don't think that was anything new necessarily, but I think putting Giannis on Jimmy and, um, you know, basically daring Jimmy to try to beat them on, on floaters and mid range stuff. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I didn't, I haven't looked at the stat, but some, I, I saw someone tweeted and I, I quote tweeted it that Bryn Forbes outscored Jimmy Butler in the series. Like I, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even process that because, you know, I, I, I think when we were talking about like what themes we we're going to look out for, for the series, I talked about, you know, Jimmy versus Giannis and can Giannis be the best player in the series and, you know, sort of put, put to bed some of his own demons and, you know, show that, Hey, the Bucks have the best player in the series. And um, I mean, what we can, we should talk about Giannis and maybe a little bit later, but um, kind of a, a weird series for Giannis. Cause I think defensively, it was night and day this series versus a year ago when I thought his, his defensive impact was really not felt at all. And this, this, this uh, week, basically, um, I think that was a huge statement from him defensively and what he did. And again, not necessarily like blocking tons of shots or, you know, putting up stats defensively. Uh, he did get a ton of rebounds, but um, just the effort level, the harassment that he uh, put on Jimmy Butler, but then also, um, you know, he, he worked really hard kind of all series defending a lot of guys on the perimeter, right? I and mean, we saw him, especially after some potential foul trouble today, he spent a lot of time on the perimeter and Kendrick Nunn got him once or twice. Um, but, you know, I, I think it, I think it, interestingly, I think that's probably going to be some good, good practice maybe for this next series with Giannis having to do more defending on the perimeter than certainly we've seen from him really um, probably all year. So, um, yeah, but, but I think just, uh, just a surprising outcome. And again, not, not that the Bucks weren't capable of uh, of sweeping the Heat, but I think just the domineering way that they did it. Um, and I, I really like the fact that they had the Heat actually came out and didn't roll over today. You know, um, I, I I think it was good for the Bucks after getting out to pretty big leads and and kind of running away and hiding the last two games. I think today going down by double digits, which I I think was the first time all series they were down double digits I want to say I don't think they were ever down double digits in game one but I, I could be mistaken but um you know going down and and having to respond and having to be patient and having to say you know all right guys it's not panic you know coming out in that third quarter going in that huge run um Middleton really you know finding life in the third quarter Brooke Lopez was great all game. And then Giannis really showing out in the fourth quarter after a really quiet scoring game from him and having to become a playmaker for, for much of this game. Um, I thought it was a good way to, to kind of end this so that, you know, they had to show like, okay, yeah, like, w- w- you know, what happens when we're not just playing from the front for 48 minutes? Well, you know, they, they can do that too and they can win. And, you know, they had the confidence to know that, yeah, just let's just stick with this. We know, we know we're better than these guys and we just need, you know, we just need a little more time. That's why it's not a 24 minute game. Um, so just a really impressive, confident uh, way to finish a series in which the Bucks were just extremely confident and impressive really th- throughout. So I thought we could continue talking about Giannis a little bit here because, I mean, you already pointed to the work that he did on the defensive end and certainly that should not be overlooked. And when you just sit and you already mentioned the numbers for Butler, but when you just sit here and think about the fact that Jimmy Butler averaged 14.5 points per game and 29% from the field, and he had a triple-double today, but I think you would struggle to ever see a triple-double that felt any less 
impactful than the one today. I mean, he just did not feel like a factor in the game, even in the first half when Miami were playing pretty well. It actually felt, to me anyway, like Bam Adebayo was the one that was, uh, you know, threatening to, to cause a little bit of an impact there. But we get to the end of the series here, and Giannis averages 23.5 points. Uh, that does lead the Bucks in the end, Middleton not too far behind. Uh, 15 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, and a block per game. And as has been the trend against the Miami Heat over the course of the last couple of seasons, the percentages and the efficiency, it's not Giannis-like. He was only 45% from the field, 6% from three, and 63% from the free throw line. So clearly you would expect that you know, there's, there's room for improvement there from Giannis based on what we know about him. But still, I think his ability to impact the game in other ways really asked questions of Miami. And it was funny you know, talking to Bryn Forbes after this game and asking him about the open looks that he was getting. And he kind of laughed and said, well, I didn't really expect anything else because Miami has played this way every single time we played them, whether it's in the regular season, whether it's in the postseason, they packed the paint and left us guys out there and it was up to us to make shots. And clearly, you know, Bryn Forbes deserves a lot of credit for doing that. But I do think tonight we saw a version of Giannis that, I don't think that we've seen so much in the past. He certainly you know, flashed this throughout the regular season and we've spoken about his patience. We've spoken about his decision-making. But he was 8 for 18 tonight. Of course, not as efficient as we normally like to see from him. But it didn't feel like he was forcing up crappy shots. And I think that when the Bucks have struggled against the Heat in the past, he's been sort of conned into doing that and conned into thinking... I've got to be the guy, I need to score. And then he has those 8 for 25, 8 for 26 nights that we've seen more than once against this Miami team. So I don't know whether it's the losing last year that changed the mindset for Giannis in terms of understanding that he needs to play in different ways. I don't know whether it was more trust in his teammates that they're going to be able to make those shots and knock them down. And he certainly praised Bryn Forbes and Bobby Portis big time after the game. So I'm not sure exactly what it was. Maybe it's just maturity and him understanding how he can impact games to win. But this version of Giannis that we saw tonight did bring me back again to the question I asked you before the series. Can the Bucs win if Giannis isn't the leading scorer? Uh, He wasn't tonight. He had 20 points. So did Chris. Brooke had 25 and Bryn had 22. But the way he played, particularly in the second quarter, really orchestrating absolutely everything on offense, it does show that the Bucs can win. And I think it's going to change from series to series. But in this series, he didn't need to score 30 points a night for the Bucs to win. And he turned into that facilitator and was just able to find guys left, right, and center to get uh, easy shots and easy buckets. And I just thought it was really impressive. All righty, Frank, we're going to keep rolling in just a little bit here. But first, I want to talk about our friends at Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? There is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is a daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better, whether you are feeling overwhelmed, having trouble falling asleep, or there have meditations specifically that you can do with your kids. You might want to join in on that, that one. Frank, Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, 
and increase your overall sense of well-being. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. And I don't know if there's a better way to meditate than without a built bar in your hand. That's right. Our great friends, longtime sponsors of the podcast, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, has nine delicious flavors that you can all see online if you go to builtbar.com. You can choose from coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, just to name a few there. And uh, as I've told you guys, if you're not sure which one you want to try, if you haven't tried it before, you can get a mixed box. You'll get all nine flavors, two of each, and then you can decide what you're going to go back for your next order because I'm sure that you will. There's only 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs as well. So they're healthy for you as well, which is the best thing about it. All you have to do is go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. I think my, my takeaway from the series for me is it's, I'll say glass mostly full for Giannis. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think, you mentioned, I mean, he ends up one for 16 on threes in this series, um, which, you know, Brooke Lopez made one three this series as well. Um, and I think it speaks volumes to what those guys contributed defensively and also obviously around the basket. I mean, Brooke today, 25 points, did not attempt a three-pointer. Um, you know, Only eight for the that, series. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much a, a nice little exclamation point on the whole, you know, Brooke is, is finding ways to really be impactful offensively playing like a big guy, you know, that whole narrative, which we've been talking about for quite some time, you know, today I thought was, was really the, the kind of the crescendo to that to close them out and for him to do so much damage inside um, was a lot of fun to see. And, and again, just, just a reminder, you know, for everyone who wanted to, you know, trade Burke Lopez, everybody who thought that, you know, they, they should put him on the bench or like, I mean, for the love of God, there was like a, you know, Mamadi Diakite, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't even know what to call it, but like small movement among certain portions of Buck's Twitter acting like, you know, somehow a 24-year-old rookie is is going to be more helpful than, than Brooke Lopez. And look, again, we're going to see in this next series, is Brooke Lopez going to be able to play and be productive for 30 to 35 minutes every game against every opponent? No, okay? Like certain matchups are going to be more problematic for him. Good news was this matchup was a perfect matchup for him in many ways because of what he could do defensively uh, or against Bam Adebayo. Um, but offensively, I mean, it's it's not like you know the Heat are a team that that doesn't protect the, the rim or, or like make it really easy to score inside. We saw Giannis obviously really struggle with that, but Brook was just really effective, and you know he used his size, used all the, that touch and skill. Um, throughout the series, but but particularly today, offensively, we saw it even more so than in the other uh, game uh, this series. But look, Brooks been a really good offensive player pretty much throughout his his Bucks playoff career, and everybody who sort of likes to <laughs> likes to want to move on from Brook Lopez always seems to ignore that Brook always seems to show up in the playoffs. Um, but I, I just was really happy for him that 
you know, he had just such an awesome series and, and was such a key part of, uh, of getting over the hump here. But I think with Giannis, you know, the, the glass half full, obviously we talked about the defense. Um, he's going to have to defend, you know, guys farther away from the basket. Um, certainly against the Nets, you know, I, I don't know that he's going to come out and guard Kevin Durant, you know, in game one from the opening tip. Of course, there's going to be periods where he's going to have to probably guard Kevin Durant, especially with Jeff Green out. You know, I imagine we're going to see some really small lineups from the Nets at times. And Giannis is going to have to guard guys that can shoot better than Jimmy Butler. So uh, that's going to present new challenges. And I, I thought him getting some reps running around, having to guard smaller guys is probably going to be a good thing in this series. Um, and then offensively, certainly the playmaking, the patience um, was you know, really encouraging to see. And obviously just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic too. Cause right. Like him doing that, setting guys up, giving guys confidence, um, you know, watching guys like Portis and Forbes, right. Who, when they were signed, you know, we said, Hey, offensively, these guys can produce. Are they going to be able to stay on the floor defensively? Well, we got through one series against Miami heat and Eric Spolster could not find those guys with any consistency, right. We saw them go at Portis, at times, I never got the sense that they were able to really find Brent Forbes uh, from a targeting standpoint, which you obviously really hope that continues because Bryn was awesome shooting the ball again today. Uh, and they're going to really need to get productivity from him in every series with Dante DiVincenzo now out for the playoffs. But, uh, you know, it was fun seeing Giannis go into sort of that assist, <laughs> assist hunting mode and seeing the Bucks be able to capitalize on it, which is something that you know, you go back to last year's Heat series, you go back to the Raptors series. When Giannis was turned into a playmaker, the Bucks let him down. You know, the Bucks could not hit shots at a high enough clip. And it's not like the Bucks were shot lights out this series, right? I mean, they had one great shooting night. And the other three games, it was like terrible in game one. And the last two games were okay, you know, not great. Um, so I, to me, that's kind of encouraging because the Bucks haven't had to just be really hot from three in order to blow the doors off the Heat, right? And they had one horrendous game one really good game and two like, okay, you know, decent, not great, nothing right home about type, type shooting nights. Um, I think the, I think, I think the scoring piece for me uh, with Giannis is, is going to be very interesting to watch because look, he's not a 6% three point shooter, right? He's not a guy that is just going to go over every night on, on jump shots. Um, you know, we saw him in the fourth quarter again today, hit that turnaround jump shot. Uh, we saw him knife to the basket a couple times, gets a big dunk at the end on a cut. Um, that was encouraging to see, right? Him, him coming right out at the start of the fourth quarter and getting, getting buckets uh, today was really encouraging, uh, given he comes in with, with eight points going to the fourth quarter. So I, I think it's encouraging to see him sort of stepping up and, and you know, embracing that, that need to, okay, you, you got to go out and get, get some buckets, right? You can't just be kicking it out all day long, like, right? Like, let's try to attack and, and do score in the way that we know you can score. Um, but you know, and, and so the good news is, well, you can argue the heat are the, probably the most challenging defense that he might face all playoffs in terms of just his individual, you know, scoring uh, ability, right. Just because of the way that they can build the wall, they've got different bodies. They can throw at him. Certainly bam, when he gets individual matchups is, is hard to solve. Um, you know, the nets obviously defensively are, are not as, as challenging for a guy like Giannis to play against. Uh, Philly, he's obviously had a lot of individual scoring success against, even though Embiid is a really tough matchup, just one-on-one. -on -one. And who knows, you know, obviously if you get as far as, as the, the finals. So, 
you know, he certainly isn't going to get worse from a jump shooting perspective, but it's also like, you know, sweeping them also um, papers over the fact that, you know, we've talked about Giannis needing to develop his mid-range shot, needing to develop at least some kind of counter as a shooter. We didn't see that this, <laughs> this series. Like, you know, he was terrible outside the paint in terms of actually getting, putting the ball in the hole. And when you talk about like the net series, like, Giannis can't shoot 45% against the Nets. <laughs> like they have no hope of winning that series against the Nets if he does not destroy them <laughs> with his scoring ability because you're going to have to outscore them, right? Like you, you're not going to be able to hold the Nets to 100 points a game and, you know, just get by with with decent offense. Um, so I think in many ways, you know, there was a lot of good things to take from the series for Giannis. Um, but hopefully he gets some of these bricks out of the way in this first round series. And hopefully that jump shot, um, you know, we, we saw him get hot for at least about six quarters against the Nets late in the season with jump shooting. And hopefully we see something closer to that again uh, in this next round because I think they're going to certainly need more from him offensively. And again, he's shown obviously he can attack the Nets and score on them in ways that he's never had success against the Heat historically. Um, but he's going to have to go out and do it. And um, I think the other upside – you feel way better about the guys around him this year than you do a year ago, right? And and not just those role players splashing threes, but Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were terrific this series. And you know, like we said again, Chris didn't get off to a great start today, but um, really got it going in that third quarter. It was really a big, big, big part of turning the tide as the Bucks went from you know was it sixty six to fifty seven to at one point I think it was seventy eight seventy. You know, it was like a whatever it was. It was a, a big turnaround that that the Bucks had and. It's obviously really fun to watch. So I don't know, but what was your take on kind of, I don't know, what to draw from this series for Giannis and, and is there any kind of meaning to it moving forward? Well, I, I don't know whether it's specifically Giannis or it is the whole group. And part of the challenge for me during this series has been trying to figure out as these games have been going on, what the storyline would have been coming into this series if the Bucks didn't lose to Miami the way they did last year. Because... You know, we all spoke about the fact that this was a potentially scary series. And I, I, I don't change my mind about that because when you look at the guys that Miami had, you could see why. And if you look at the numbers for Giannis in terms of efficiency, you can see why people thought that this could potentially be challenging. But as you pointed to, I mean, the Bucks just had everyone step up and the Miami Heat simply didn't. But I do wonder if the Bucs didn't lose to Miami, how many people would have picked this series to go further than five games? I mean, I think that's a, that's a fair question to ask. But despite the fact it was a sweep, it's not like the Bucs weren't challenged in this series at all. And you go back to game one, and that was a real grinded out game. And I think that there was genuinely a lot of anxiety for this Bucs team trying to escape that game one, get on the board in the series and not be playing from behind. The, there was a lot of big performances in game one, but they have... No one more to thank than Chris Middleton for hitting that shot and winning the game for them. And I thought that that was the story of the series right throughout. I actually said and tweeted this out that Brook Lopez was probably my player of the series just based on what he was doing offensively, but the impact he had defensively. But in terms of the guy that continually stepped up in the big moments, it was Chris Middleton for mine. And I mean, he averaged 21 points in this game, in this series, on 49, 40, 89 shooting. And it wasn't just the shots that he hit. It just felt like every single time the Bucs were challenged, and there was games where they were challenged, not only game one, but in game three, 
that were challenged when Miami threatened to really get back into the game. And that was an important game. If Miami will get the series back on, on, on her or keep it on home court, then you don't know which way this can swing. Momentum is a funny thing. And the same thing in this game four, where they were down for much of the night and it was Middleton that just hit a bunch of tough shots and just really beautiful looking shots. He hit a sweet glasser in the fourth quarter as well. He was just in his bag and, and it just felt like Middleton came up clutch every single time the Bucks needed him during this series and it was kind of funny. It was a little bit ironic. I saw on Twitter a lot of people making fun of the fact that Miami were doing the overrated chance. And it did make me feel, you know, or think a little bit about all those members on Bucks Twitter that were probably hiding away a little bit over these last few games and thinking, ah, shit, I've been ripping this guy nonstop. Because they're probably the ones that would also be chanting overrated on their couch for most of the regular season. So that didn't escape me either. So before I go and rip Miami Heat fans for that, I'm looking in the own backyard a little bit there. But Middleton was huge. And I asked Bryn Forbes after the game about how this team responded in those moments when they were under pressure or, or who was the instigator in, in rallying the troops and getting the guys to come together. Because I think we've spoke about the personnel that is just different this year and guys like PJ Tucker and Drew Holiday. And they just feel like a team that can absorb a little bit of pressure. And and to me, Forbes seems like a guy that's pretty relaxed. I don't think there's too much that's going to get him worked up. But he sat back and almost got a smile on his face and said, I didn't feel pressure once this entire series. He said, I don't think anyone really did. We trust the way that we play and we thought that we were going to win the games. It's just a matter of, of riding through the low moments that are going to happen in games and trust yourself. And eventually you're going to come out on top. And we did that. And I, and I just think in general, Again, I know it was a sweep and perhaps the pressure is not as high as what it is in a close series and certainly what we expect moving forward. I just have a lot of confidence in this team that they can withstand rough patches and they can withstand going down in games. Remember last year, Frank, we spoke all the time about the fact that the Bucs didn't come back. Late in the regular season, they started to show an ability to come back when they were trailing in fourth quarters and win games. And they weren't exactly trailing in a lot in this series. But again, they did show that ability that when, when they get under a little bit of pressure, there's no panic. There's no panic. And that feels like a different aspect to this Bucks team. Okay, Frankie boy, let's talk about our friends over at Indeed now. Because if you are a hiring expert for your company, what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. You can get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting and hiring the right talent fast and easy. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests and then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for the applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Forbes, you know, is one of those guys who he wasn't here last year. You know, I yeah. mean, he doesn't have that baggage of, of losing in the bubble, right? Portis doesn't have that baggage. PJ Tucker doesn't have that baggage. Drew Holiday doesn't have that baggage. And um, I think, you know, and, and Drew Holiday, not, you know, a, a relatively subdued game from him, four out of 12 from the field. So obviously it was not the big scoring net from him, but 11 points, six rebounds, another nine assists. 
four steals. Um, and, uh, you know, only a plus 10 though. Didn't, didn't, didn't go plus 41 or couldn't plus 37. Get over 100 in the series couldn't, pathetic. couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, seriously. Um, but just, I, I mean, it's just, it's just so, so different in these games where, you know, if Chris and Giannis have a slow start, um, just knowing that you've got Drew Holiday and he's going to attack and he's going to be smart and he's going to make plays happen. He's not going to be, you know, on the wing afraid to take a shot. Right. It's just, it's just such a difference. And um, knowing that Brooke Lopez is not just going to be, you know, parked 28 feet from the basket. And if, if his three pointers aren't falling, then well, you know, at least he's facing the floor, you know, um, the fact that, that he's been for the most part, you know, a, a threat on the inside and, and a, a score uh, just, you know, just changes the dynamic. And, um, you know, obviously the Bucks, you know, they've lost depth over the past couple of years. Um, but certainly when Bryn Forbes gives you 22 points off the bench and Bobby Forbes gives you 13, you don't really feel it as much. And so it was, I was really happy for those guys um, that they had good series and, and, you know, especially today in, a, in the elimination game, they stepped up and they looked like guys that, that wanted to close this game out. Right. Um, I thought that was just a, a cool thing for them. And then, you know, PJ Tucker, right. Um, Forbes and Portis, they're out there for their offense. PJ Tucker um, just works his ass off. Uh, and I, his rebounding, I mean, I, rebounding, offensive rebounding was a recurring theme uh, throughout this series. Bucks had another 15 offensive rebounds today. Um, and he just, he's got such a great nose for the ball. Just, you know, he's parked in that corner, yes, but. You know, when, when the shot goes up, how often does it just seem like he's in the right place, uh, finding, uh, finding ways to just kind of steal in there and, and grab an offensive rebound and, and get a reload. Right. And again, that's, that's how a guy who obviously is not out there to create shots. He's not out there to really do a whole lot on offense other than be that sort of, you know, corner three release valve. But, um, we know what he does defensively and even offensively, I think just, he knows his role, right? And I think it's just a, a fun thing to, to watch. Um, I did think it was interesting. You know, we, we actually did see some early Jeff Teague. He did hit a three off of Giannis kick out. Um, was an, an even zero in, in five minutes. So no harm, no foul. <laughs> you couldn't blame the first half deficit on Jeff Teague. But for the most part, basically an eight-man rotation with Pat Connaughton stepping into the starting five. Um, only two points for Pat. He obviously had shot the ball really well. Um, but you know, really didn't, didn't do that uh, today, but, um, I, I thought it made sense. I, I, I think, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about kind of heat matchup options, things like that. I thought if you're just trying to maintain consistency, um, I thought putting Connaughton in the starting five kind of made sense just because he is the most similar to Dante in terms of, you know, defensively, he works hard. Does he make mistakes? Yes. Um, but he's athletic. He rebounds really well for his size, just like Dante. Um, and he's obviously can be that streaky three point shooter that, um, you know, when he's hitting, hitting threes, it's obviously a nice boost. So, uh, and he's been very good. Like the bucks have been really good with him on the floor, right? Like you look beyond off data, which isn't everything, but he's, he's played really well with, with this starting five group. So I thought it made sense to start him, even if he didn't have a big game and, you know, part just cause like, I don't want to change Bryn Forbes role. Like, I mean, everybody's gonna have to play more. He played 25 minutes today. Um, just keep keep letting Forbes do what he's been doing. You know, he's got a great rhythm coming off the bench. It's, it's not meant as a slight to him to say, Hey, just keep doing that. Don't need to start him to do that. 
Um, and obviously just his shooting today was, was critical and helping to kind of wake the bucks from, uh, from a bit of their slumber. I mean, he hit seven out of 14, the rest of the bucks were six out of 28 from three. So really can't, uh, really can't understate what, uh, what, uh, or sorry, you can't overstate what, what Bryn contributed as a shooter, just sort of all series long and ironic, right? Game one, Duncan Robinson goes seven out of 13 and you know, everybody's saying like, oh, box, oh, yeah. you got Lopez so far back, like Duncan Robinson's going to kill them all series. And lo and behold, you know, the bench shooter that, or the, the, the shooter that was the killer all series is Bryn Forbes. And meanwhile, Duncan Robinson, six, only 16 minutes today, five points, one out of four, all from three. He was, I mean, you, you didn't hear a peep out of Duncan Robinson basically these last three games. Chris Milton was terrific working hard to deny him easy shot opportunities. And, you know, ultimately the, the shooter of the series was, was Bryn Forbes, which um, not a shocker. I mean, he was lights out all season, but again, there was that question, you know, how, how well can he hold up in the playoffs? And we'll certainly be tested next series as well, but certainly he passed this first round series with flying colors. Duncan Robinson, three for 13 from three in games two through four, and really a non-factor. He was a non-factor in the series last year. And again, a lot of credit goes to Chris Middleton there for the way that he hounded him. But just with Bryn Forbes, uh, you know, when you talk about him defensively, I mean, there's going to be some things that he just can't literally do physically, and, and that's fine. But we've noted it all season long. It's not through lack of effort. And, and I think that does count for something when you're talking about Bobby Portis as well. I mean, you've got bad defenders of the Jabari Parker ilk, let's mm-hmm. just say. And, and, and that's just completely different when they have no idea and no effort level when it comes to the defensive end. But that, that's not the case with Bryn Forbes. He actually had a pretty impressive defensive play on Jimmy Butler tonight. He was just a war of verticality. He was right up there. Uh, and and stopped uh, Jimmy Butler at the basket there. But I, I, I agree with the starters. And, you know, I, I'm always a little bit surprised. And we've discussed a lot about Brent Forbes and starting and why we both don't feel that that would be the right option. And, you know, not surprising the the takes were out there quickly today when Pat Connaughton missed a couple threes, then Brent Forbes came in. But I actually like the dynamic because you start with your starters. It's not like there's a lack of offense when you've got Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis and Brooke Lopez on the floor, right? I mean, the fifth guy there is hopefully someone that has a, a, a bit of size defensively and certainly in this matchup, it was fine to have Pat out there. And I like late in the first quarter when they sort of unleash Brent Forbes because you've got typically one of the starters off and credit to Bud, I think for the most part, He's almost always left two of the three guys out there on the floor, which he deserves credit for as well. But I like Forbes coming in towards the end of the first quarter and sort of gunning a little bit, see if he's got it, see if he's going to knock down some of those shots. Uh, I I like that little scoring punch that they bring off the bench. And then as the game wears on, I think that we've seen from this series, again, another thing that you need to give better credit for is that he's going to play the guys that are hot. He's He's going to give the ball to the players that are knocking down shots. And it was interesting tonight, you mentioned that it felt like the Bucks really shot the ball well because of the way that Bryn Forbes um, was out there knocking down those shots. But Portis and Forbes combined to go 10 for 21 from three. If you take those two away, the rest of the Bucks were three for 21 from three. So, yeah, I mean, it's, they win the game comfortably and they were able to dominate in other ways. And certainly Lopez was a huge factor. If he can get you 25 points and not hit one three, then that gives you a fair indication that the Bucks are, are looking pretty good. And they had 50 points in the paint in this one. But 
yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the Nets, but I think if there's a series where you can't really start Bryn Forbes, it's probably going to be against the Nets, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's fine. Uh, I think he's, he's really locked into his role off the bench there, and it'll be fascinating to see what the Bucks do, but um, this was fun. This was fun. It was unexpected. I didn't expect a sweep coming in. As the series wore on, it felt more and more likely that the Bucks were just going to have an answer at every single call, but was there anything as we really wrap up this series against Miami, is there anything else you wanted to throw out there? No, I, I just think it was, you know, I, I think you just have to feel really good about, uh, really good for, especially the guys that were here a year ago, um, you know, starting with the coaching staff, right? I mean, I think you just have to feel happy for, for Mike Budenholzer, happy for the rest of that coaching staff, happy for the players that, that had to go through a really miserable end to a really, you know, the most bizarre season that, you know, any NBA season has seen, right? Well, with with the bubble and everything, um, obviously that that was just a I mean, certainly the most disappointing season of my tenure as a Bucks fan. You could argue uh, the Bucks missing the playoffs, sort of at the kind of end of the Big Three era when they had a really good season start the season and they end up basically just dying at the end. Of the, that was a different sort of disappointment. But you know, going to the playoffs thinking that you have a chance to win an NBA title and you know, getting killed in the second round. I, I mean, that that's just the stakes were obviously very high and to lose it last year was uh, just super disappointing. And, um, you know, I think we're, again, it's tough because you're facing arguably the title favorite in the next round. So, um, you know, th- this might be, I, I know I've heard some people reference that this, this might be the, you know, the best, best playoff series we get all, all playoffs. Right. I mean, you never know, right. Uh, we, we don't, there's no guarantee this is going seven games or anything like that. But, um, but I think certainly from the caliber of the, the two teams and obviously the, you know, the heater or the, the nets uh, will be favorites, I would say, but Bucks played so well in this first round series. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious how many people um, might, might pick the Bucks just based on just the way that they're kind of coming together. But um, we'll have a lot of time to talk about that matchup, but, you know, just exercising those demons and doing it in a way that was just very professional, <laughs> you know, like just, just again, the bad shooting in the first game, notwithstanding bucks just took care of business and um, you know, they just beat the pulp out of the heat. I mean, just, man, <laughs> I mean, that was just, that was just an ass kicking and they, they did it in different ways. They did it with super hot shooting. They did it, you know, by just beating them up inside. And, you know, today they let the heat get out to a double digit lead and, give those uh, South Florida fans some hope. And then just like, nah, we don't really want this game to go any, we don't want the series to go anymore. We're just going to go ahead and grind our way back in this game. And then, you know, our best players are basically going to show that they're all better than your best player uh, in, in the last, in the last two quarters. And, um, you know, I was, again, just joking, right? Like, can, can Giannis be better than Jimmy Butler? Well, yeah, Giannis was definitely better than Jimmy Butler, and also Chris Middleton was better than Jimmy Butler, and Drew Holiday was better than Jimmy Butler, and Brooke Lopez was better than Jimmy Butler, and Bryn Forbes is also better than Jimmy Butler. So, um, I, it, you know, again, just uh, I, yeah, I mean, again, just uh, as someone who is always wary of getting too confident, I, I, I you know, I after Game Three, I was just like, oh. I know the Bucks. Like, there's like no way they lose a series, but it's just like I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't get over it. We just got to win that fourth game. Let's just get well, you this didn't over want to with. Prolong it at all? 
I'm in the same boat. No. Well, I was watching yeah, that game today, just, just frustrated at the thought of even having to, to suit up for a game five. And then what happens if you lose at home and then you're back in Miami? I'm, I'm exactly. with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. You don't want to let any give it, get, you know, again, just like stomp on them. Like don't put out the fire. Don't give these guys any life. Um, you know, that, that's a team that's not like you're dealing with an untalented team or a team that has never done anything or a team that's not better. And like, you know, we saw what they could do a year ago. Um, and, but again, it's a different team. And I think just, again, just the way that they just beat them down and, and defensively, just the way that, I mean, the defensive effort over four games today, I don't know if you have the, I don't have the, the defensive rating in front of me from today, but um, just to, to play at that level four straight games against a team like the Heat, which, I mean, we saw in game one, they, they can get hot from three, and we know the Bucks have been susceptible to three-point shooting. So to just hold them down and to, you know, make life so miserable for, you know, their best players and, you know, their best shooter and all that, I, I mean, that's just, that's just a really remarkable effort and just, again, a testament to how locked in the Bucks were defensively. And, you know, to me, that the shooting will come and go, right? Um, but the defense, I think that's really the tone that they really need to, you want to set, right? Because that feels like it's more of a the sort of thing that, that, will, that can carry over a bit more, right? Guys just being locked in, the effort level being there, not just every night, but every play, you know, feeling like guys are leaving it out there and doing everything they can on every play, getting it every loose ball. Um, that's the sort of thing like you just, you don't want to have to feel like, Oh, well we need to get there. Right. Oh, well against the nets, like hopefully we can be better defensively. Like just getting where they are right now. Again, we'll see how it translates against the nets team. That's far more talented offensively and far more dynamic. Um, but certainly the baseline, I think of where the bucks are defensively is very high. And um, you know, the, the nets are a team you can play great defense against and they can kill you anyway. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, feeling pretty good about the, at least that the Bucks are, are going to do everything they can to, to slow down that, that, that great offense. And I think we're all just really excited for it. I don't know. You know, they were asking Barkley after the game, it sounds like they're going to get, you know, most likely a week off. Um, maybe that's probably, maybe that's too long to be honest. Right. I mean, if Dante, if Dante was, you know, out for a week, then I would say, Oh man, good chance to get healthy. Obviously, unfortunately that's not the case. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, in some ways, maybe this is a series where it's not so bad to be, you know, starting on the road just because, um, as we saw in this last series, like they had a week off and they couldn't shoot for shit, um, in game one. So, you know, you lose, you lose that first home game. That's obviously a big blow starting on the road. I mean, we haven't seen the Bucks do this in the Putinals era. They've been, they've had home court advantage in every series and granted the bubble, there was no home court advantage really, but, um, but uh, it's a different place to be playing a team that, that you don't have home court advantage in. But um, I mean, wouldn't it be great to go in and in game one, just basically flip the script immediately. But anyway, we can talk about that all week. So just to wrap it up, you mentioned the advanced numbers and on the series, the Bucks have a 115 offensive rating and a 95.4 defensive rating, which you know, feels about right. I mean, Miami were never really able to get uh, unstuck offensively. And this one, as we wrap it up, I remind you that you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So 
there's not going to be a pod tomorrow. As you mentioned, we're going to have about a week here. So we're going to have all week to talk about the Bucks and talk about the Nets. If, if it's the Nets, hey, come on, let's give some respect to the, to the mighty Boston Celtics. Who knows what could happen there? <laughs> Series currently 2-1. So, uh, so we'll see. We'll see. We can't write off the, uh, the Beantown boys just yet. But uh, we'll see. Well, like I said, we've got all week to wrap this up. So we'll be able to dive into it. And certainly by next weekend, talk ourselves into a Bucks series win in that one. So I'm looking forward to it. Frank, always a pleasure. And, you know, I was thinking about it. Even last year, we had the first round series win against Orlando. But I don't think it was really an enjoyable experience that series. No, so no. being able to get through this, through these post-games pods with you and, and genuinely feel optimistic and excited and positive about this team has been a lot of fun. And I, I mentioned it throughout, but... The return of Arrogant Bucks Twitter has been a joy as well. There has been some seriously, <laughs> seriously excellent content out on Twitter uh, this afternoon or today or tonight. I, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm, all, I, I, this that stuff as I was alluding to kind of always makes me nervous. But part of it is too is just like I feel like this is I think part of like what the swings of emotion of Bucks Twitter is partly because like everybody gets so <laughs> cocky when the Bucks play well. And then they like twist, they, they basically, I, I feel like part of the issue is like, then we, we, we trick ourselves into thinking this team is, you know, better than it is. And then it gives everybody this like need to be self-righteous about the disappointment when they lose. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. Um, it's just kind of like, well, yeah, like you're pissed off that they lost. It's in part because you overrated them when they were like, things were going well, but I don't know. Anyway, that's the, the, we're trying to wrap up podcast and you know what? Happy Memorial day, everyone. Yeah. Enjoy the weekend. Hopefully the weather will be better. Uh, and, uh, you know, go out enjoy a beer and talk shit about the Miami heat. Absolutely. We can all uh, condone that. And, uh, we'll just leave it on the, the final note. A little bit of congratulations to the Miami heat fan base. Um, they're obviously thrilled uh, working out that they're actually able to count to 10. That was probably the big win of the series for Miami Heat fans. And, uh, you know, they probably don't have a great understanding of how long a second actually is. But uh, nonetheless, they were able to count to 10. And the Miami Heat Twitter as well, telling their fans to count. So um, a big day for Heat fans. So shout out to those guys if there's anyone listening. But Frank... Uh, this has been a lot of fun. We'll be back. As I said, we have a day off tomorrow. Then we'll be back each day leading up to game one, whatever that happens to be. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So for Frank and myself, Kane Pittman, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.